This is the Health, Hope, and Healing Podcast. If you've ever wondered if there was more to life, if you find yourself yearning for connection, more purpose, more fulfillment, you're in the right place. We believe God dreamed more for you when he dreamed the dream of you. So this is an invitation, an invitation for you to take your next step into all Jesus did for you on the cross, all that's available here and now. So come on, let's step in and maybe it's time to step up. Hi there and welcome to Health, Hope and Healing. This is Erica Pickle and I have the honor of being your host, not just today, but for the month. Y'all may remember me on the podcast several episodes back, but just in case you missed it, I will go ahead and reintroduce myself. I am a licensed professional counselor with Integrated Counseling and Wellness, and I have a specialty in perinatal mental health. What that means is it's mental health issues that may arise during pregnancy and the postpartum period for women. So many of you know that May is Mental Health Awareness Month but it's also specifically Maternal Mental Health Awareness Month. So what a what better time to talk about maternal mental health than the month of May. And I'm hoping that through these podcasts, I can help encourage some mamas out there, some daddies as well, and all the people in community that walk beside women that are pregnant or have just had baby and any other mamas out there raising their children. I work with a lot of mamas and mamas-to-be struggling with the mental load that comes with motherhood. So it's my desire to offer that encouragement. The last time I was on, I shared a little bit about my story and what brought me into counseling and specifically wanting to work with women who are pregnant, postpartum, struggling with infertility, maybe struggling with miscarriages, Um, or even infant loss. There's a stigma associated with mental health that we have spent several decades working against, working through, and there's one that does kind of hover around postpartum depression and other mental health issues that do arise during that time frame. Oftentimes it's talked about on social media or on the news, Um, when something really tragic has happened, when maybe a mother has passed away, or maybe when children have been hurt by their mom, and that comes into question. I think sometimes that serves as a deterrent for women to share their story about postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, because they're afraid. They're afraid that maybe they'll be seen as not fit parents, that's what will automatically think the worst, case scenarios are going to happen, that maybe they are not able to take care of their children, or maybe they just think that if they share that story, people will think that they're a bad mom. And that is not, not the case. And I would hope that by sharing my story today, it will inspire other women who may be struggling or have struggled in the past to reach out for help and also to help anyone that's walking alongside a woman in that stage of life to know what to look out for and know how to offer support. So I want to start off by saying that this story is my story and the struggles that I dealt with may not be what your loved one might be dealing with. 
their story may be a little bit different. And what works for me in my healing journey may not be exactly what they need, but hopefully it will give some ideas. I also want to put a little bit of a ticker notice on here. If you have, are somebody that has gone through a similar experience or had difficulty during delivery or in that postpartum period, this could be a little bit difficult to listen to. I don't get into graphic details, but I want to put that out there for you to be kind to yourself, pause if needed, and just listen to yourself in case those feelings get stirred up a little bit. I was pregnant with my oldest son in 2018, and my husband and I were thrilled. We were over the moon excited, but along with that, we were incredibly nervous and scared. I ended up being diagnosed with something called preeclampsia, which we know one of the markers of preeclampsia is high blood pressure, and I had to be closely monitored. And what that meant was that I was going to the doctor like twice a week. Everything was fine. I felt great, wasn't worried, really had a great relationship with my OBGYN. She did a great job trying to prepare me for an early delivery. And it wasn't too early. It was still full going to be close to full term at, th at 37 weeks. But I would need to be induced because of this. I, the induction arrived, and I was super anxious. I think that's pretty common when mamas go to the hospital or go to writing centers or have home births. I think it's pretty common for women to be a little anxious when they're about to meet their child for the first time. Through the induction, I ended up having complications and needed to have an emergency C-section due to those complications. I was pretty sick after that C-section um, and pretty out of it because of the medication. They ended up needing to take the baby to the NICU for a few days, but we were so fortunate and so blessed to only need the NICU for a short time. We were able to be discharged together at the same time about four days later. Coming home from the hospital, I had a lot of support. I was coming home to my, my husband, my mother-in-law, my mom, who at that point was living out of town, was um, even with me for a good solid week, giving me the support that I needed in that immediate postpartum period coming home from the hospital. It was after my mom left, though, that I started experiencing symptoms of postpartum anxiety. And now on this side of things, it's so easy for me to look back at that time and say, oh, yeah, I had a lot of anxiety. But when I was living in it, it was not, not easy. I didn't see it for what it was. So I started having symptoms, and I'm going to just run through what those symptoms of postpartum anxiety are, and I can touch on how that was manifested in me. I had constant worry, feelings that something bad would ha happen, racing thoughts, disturbances in my sleep, um, but also disturbances in appetite are very common, inability to sit still, and then physical symptoms like dizziness, hot flashes, and nausea are just, are just some symptoms of postpartum anxiety. And I, I felt those. I could literally check them off a list. 
I was constantly worried about baby and felt so guilty any time I would leave him. Even though he was in the best of hands, I would have this feeling of dread wash over me when I was leaving him of, I am such a bad mom. What if something happens to him? What if he needs me? What if, um, what if he can't breathe? What if he doesn't eat well? Just all the things that you could think of. I even had this little monitor that would check his oxygen levels. Uh, it was on his foot just to make sure that he was getting enough oxygen, especially at night. And even with that, I would check on him numerous times at night. I could not sleep. I would be up most of the night and was not getting adequate sleep at all. I know that we all joke around that babies don't sleep, that mommies don't sleep. It's just a part of the newborn stage. And yes, that's true. You do not get much sleep during that newborn stage. But even when they had the opportunity to sleep because he was sleeping, I, I couldn't settle down. I could not quiet my mind enough. I would end up being up most of the night watching him. My mother-in-law, who such a saint, would actually come and get him about 6 a.m. and she would keep him for me until the next feeding. And that was kind of how I survived at that point. That was the most sleep I would get. And at one point, I remember after my mom leaving, me calling her and asking her to come back and help me because I just felt so overwhelmed at the idea of taking care of my little guy. So she did, and I it, it did help. I'm glad that I asked her to come, but I still wish that was some of that anxiety. About eight weeks postpartum, my son ended up at the children's hospital for a few days due to some acid reflux, and that didn't help my anxiety at all either. It's, again, super easy as I'm reading this off to you or as I'm talking about this, discussing these symptoms and, and looking at them myself. It's so easy, but wow, that was postpartum anxiety. But again, not easy in the moment. It was about three months postpartum that I noticed some improvement in myself. I noticed my sleep was improving. I noticed that the confidence in myself as a mom was improving. I found my rhythm, got into a routine, which really helped me to manage those symptoms. The support I received from my mom and my mother-in-law was instrumental, as well as um, going back to work really helped my anxiety as well. That sounds very counterintuitive, and I don't expect that this is the same for everybody, but I was working in a part-time for a nonprofit that was something I was passionate about and really enjoyed. I had a really supportive team around me, and it helped to add some structure to my day and didn't allow me the opportunity to just freeze and sit there with my anxiety. It forced me to kind of get out of my head. It forced me to go through measures of like taking a shower, getting dressed, figuring out a routine to when I was leaving baby, making sure I had everything that I needed. Um, and so it just helped me to be able to get out of the house and go somewhere and have something else to focus on. Another symptom of anxiety that I noticed and had to set a pretty firm boundary with was 
my emotions surrounding any social media story or news story about something happening to a child, whether that child was on the news for being kidnapped or being abused or just something tragic happening, uh, my emotions would be overwhelming. And it was feeding my anxiety in a very unhealthy way. So I had to make the decision to put boundaries in place, to not watch the news, to not read those type of news stories, so that I could not be that anxiety. And that was hard because people like to talk about the news. People want to come up and talk about what they saw or, you know, somebody that's missing or something that terrible that happened. So I had to be very firm in asking them to not talk about that with me and to change subjects. My faith played a really important factor in my ability to manage my anxiety as well. At some point, I had to realize that God entrusted my son to me and that he had a plan for my son's life. When I thought I could not protect him from everything, I had to lean on the knowledge that God's grace and mercy that sustains me and equips me extends to my son. And he is able to equip me to be my son's mom. He gives me what I need and sustains me. And leaning on his promises that he's laid out in scripture really encouraged my heart and helped me to put faith in in God that he would take care of my son, no regardless that he had a plan for him. My postpartum period with my second baby, it felt a lot different than the first postpartum period. I want to briefly talk about some risk factors that can make somebody more vulnerable to postpartum anxiety. And as I go over this list, I think you can tell that some of these hit close to home for me. So some risk factors might include personal family history of anxiety, previous perinatal depression or anxiety, thyroid imbalance, financial stressors, lack of support, emergency during delivery like a C-section, and an acute admission. There's some other factors too, but those are um, ones that have been recognized and some research that has been done with it. And as you hear me talking, you can tell, oh, history of anxiety, check. Oh, postpartum, um, or sorry, also Nikki thing, check. C-section, check. So several of those things fit close, fit close to home for me. But with my second baby, at that time, I was able to recognize what was going on during my first postpartum period. And I was interested in how many women actually go through this, how many women um, go through this and don't have help or don't have support from their families to get through this and to manage these symptoms. And I became very interested and I started digging and I did research and I started seeing women in my, in my counseling practice with these issues. And um, back in 2018, there was a lot of research being done and some organizations being developed wanting to focus on perinatal mental health. And so what is out there now 
in now in 2023 is fairly new and was just kind of being developed and new to the community when I had my first baby. So really fresh. And the resources out there are amazing now. Um, there's a lot out there. There's a big focus on that. There's a lot of trainings going out to counselors. It's, it's pretty amazing. So I felt more educated, more prepared, more able to ask for what I needed with my second baby. And my anxiety was better. It was not as overwhelming. Don't get me wrong. It was still some anxiety there, but nowhere to the level that it was previously. Some other factors that helped, too, was I was able to ask for what I needed, able to ask my support people for what really, truly worked for me, and able to verbalize that. My mom had actually moved closer, um, too. She had moved into the state of Texas and lived fairly close, and so that helped. Um, I had a planned C-section, and baby did not have to go to the NICU this time, and that really helped my anxiety as well. Now, I will say that all of this happened in the midst of COVID. So this is towards the beginning of 2021, and COVID did have an effect on that for many women on their postpartum period and their pregnancy during that time. For me, it added its own unique layer, but I still felt like my anxiety was way more manageable this time around. When I went home from the hospital, I was able to have the support that I needed. I was able to get um, more sleep and able to agree to some things that allowed me to get more sleep, make some compromises for myself just so that I could get the sleep that I felt like I needed that could help me manage my anxiety and help me to be the mom that I needed to be. I also did not isolate at home to a level that I probably did in my first postpartum experience. I made it a point to go out to the stores, um, to go take my kids to the park, to do some things to get myself out of the house, and that helped as well. So I hope that sharing my story of postpartum anxiety speaks to someone and encourages them that they're not alone. I want to leave you with this thought that anxiety is common, but just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. The struggle that you might have with anxiety doesn't make you a bad mom, doesn't make you a bad dad does not make you a bad person. It means you're human, and it's a sign that you need some help. You need some support, whatever that might look like for you. So for all the mamas out there, all the daddies, or any person struggling with anxiety, I want you to know that there's hope and that with help, you will be well. You guys have a blessed day. Hi everyone, Dr. Kyra Gutierrez here, and I just wanted to pop in here at the end of this podcast and remind you that the 21-Day Reset is up and going on our website. Now what this is, it's a 21-day program sent straight to your email box that will help you overcome stress, anxiety, overwhelm, 
and it's very low key. Every couple of days, you get an email from us with an actionable thing to do to help incorporate into your current schedule to help bring down the stress, bring down the anxiety, and up your level of calm. And here in this month of May, we all know that it gets a little crazy as school is coming to a close, even if you don't have school-age kids. So I'm gonna link it in the bio. It's $21 for 21 days, 100% worth your time. And we are on the other side of each and every email if you need support. So we hope you'll reach out and join us in it. Thank you for listening. We speak health, hope, and healing over you. For more information, visit our website at integratedcnw.com.